Do you have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Drinking reindeer pee for visions? Shame on you. I'm Joe Fulgham. There's a lot more smut than I expected on a fungus episode. I'm Torin Atkinson. Vaginal discharge? Candida albicans is the yeast of your problems. I'm Kevin Leeson, and this is Caustic Soda. Fungus, believed to be a cognate with or derived from the Greek word sphongus, spongus, sponge, spongus. Okay. Yeah. So fungus comes from sponges. And some people say fungi and some people say fungi. Okay. Hmm. All right. Though people say fungi are wrong. Whoa. (laughs) Took a stand. Mushroom. The word is of uncertain origin, but maybe a derivative of the French mousse applied to a variety which grows in moss. Okay. All mossy, right. Got mossy, it. moussey moss. Mm-hmm. Moose okay. room. The mm-hmm. moss, the room in the moss? The yeah. moss room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to make some room in the moss for this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which we'll call a mushroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mycophobia. Uh, oh, uh, this is afraid of our uh, producer and uh, sound engineer, Mike yes. Gleason. Yep. That's and all the microphones in front of us. We're all, please help us. <laughs> We're all, we're, That's why we locked we're ourselves held, in this room. That's right, we're being held against Mike's outside. It's Mike's outside. Is the fear of mushrooms. Mike, coming from the uh, proto-Indo-European root, mug. Bib. That sounds, mug. Mug. that sounds like something that you cough up. Slimy or slippery. Same yeah. as mucus. Okay, mm, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Myco, muco. Mm-hmm. Got it. A fungus is any member of the group of eukaryotic organisms mm-hmm. yep. that includes unicellular microorganisms such as yeasts and molds. Mm-hmm. What about the eukaryotic? Uh, if you got them, bring them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. eukaryotic, eukaryotic, eukaryotic. Yeah, yeah. As well as multicellular fungi that produce familiar fruiting forms known as mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Who knows what eukaryotic means? Joe. Nope. <laughs> Looked it up a while ago, and you were saying it, and I was like, oh, we covered eukaryotic, uh, eukaryotic quite a while ago, and I, I can't remember. I know it is spelled E-U-K. Yeah. A-R-Y-O-T-I-C. And I know that would be an awesome Scrabble word. Mm. Right? That's all yeah. I really need to know. Uh, any organism whose cells contain a nucleus and who other organelles. Ooh. Who knows what an organelle is? Uh, that's, it's a kind of pasta. Yeah, yeah, you get that, uh, you know, organelli. you get the organelli pasta. It's a specialized subunit within a cell that has a specific function. Mm-hmm. Enclosed within membranes. If your organelles are enclosed within membranes and you got uh, a nucleus and stuff like that. Okay. Got Sciencey it. stuff. Yeah. Biology words yeah, that we don't ever need to worry yeah. about. Yeah, if we need to know this, uh, I'd have gone out and got a degree or something. For white nose syndrome. White nose white syndrome. White nose syndrome. Uh, yeah, see our bats episode. Okay. Ah, Remember, right. there's a yes, fungus on the bat's yes. nose that was yeah. causing problems. I thought it was going to be the opposite mm. of Rudolph. Mm, Rudolph, mm-hmm. the white-nosed bat, <laughs> had a very infected nose. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't need a red-nosed one because he could already see through the storms because bats sonar. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we discussed ergotism yes. in mass er- hysteria. That's right, ergot poisoning. Yes, it's a fungus that grows on rye and related cereals. Mm-hmm. Eating contaminated grains can cause a poisoning that causes convulsions, mania, and gangrene. Mm-hmm. That fungus being Claviceps purpurea. Mania. 
Another ergot name for ergot poisoning is St. Anthony's Fire. And it is the proposed explanation of bewitchment. Call back to our witchcraft episode. Yep. And also possibly the reason why Joan of Arc heard voices. Yep. Poor storage of grain, a common occurrence in the Middle Ages, allowed ergot to thrive. Ergot was known as mad grain and drunken rye because of the hallucinations it caused. Oh, mm. right. Nice. The psychoactive ingredient is in ergot is a form of LSD. Oh, really? And would easily account for the voices. Oh. Ergot. Mm-hmm. Who wants a pop quiz? I do. I do. Ooh, me too, please. I only like my quizzes when they pop. Mm-hmm. I, and then that's when I get a pop at the end of it, right? If I win? Yeah. In yep. some places in North America, it's called a soda quiz. Uh-huh. Mm. Gotcha. And in some places, it's a Coke quiz. What's the difference between mushrooms and mold? <gasps> uh, mushrooms are stocky with uh, heads on top. Isn't the isn't the mushroom the, the sexual organ of the fungus and the mold is just... Oh, you're just saying that because it looks like a dick? Maybe both. Uh-huh. It could be both, yeah. A mold is a fungus that grows in the form of multicellular filaments called hyphae. Yep. Mm-hmm. In contrast, fungi that can adopt a single-celled growth habit are called yeasts. Mm-hmm. Now, a slime mold or water mold is a distinct organism and is not related to fungi. Yeah, they, yeah. we covered yeah, they used, slimes. Yeah. yeah, they used to be called like slime fungus, but they've been reclassified. Dr. Nina told me that yesterday. Hot damn. Mm-hmm. Well, that, this leads us to the other question. What is a fruiting body? Oh, I, I see lots of them at the Gay Pride Parade every year. The fruiting bodies? Mm-hmm. A plant that makes fruit? In fungi, mm-hmm. the ah. sporocarp, also known as the fruiting body or fruit body, is a multicellular structure on which spore-producing structures are born. Uh-huh. Basically, uh, for a fungus, you have the mycelium, yeah. which is which we might call the roots mm-hmm. of, the, of the fungi. Okay. And then you have the cap and stem, which is the fruiting body. Okay. And yes, so, it is the sexual organ. Yeah, yeah. So the mushroom is the fruiting body. The fruiting body, yes, is a part of the sexual phase of a fungal life cycle. They come in many shapes and uh, morphologies. Fruiting bodies that grow on the ground mm-hmm. are often referred to as mushrooms. Yeah. Whereas those that grow underground are... Toadstools? No. Tubers. Truffles. truffles. Oh, there you go. Snuffle for that truffle. The truffle shuffle. Mm-hmm. During their evolution, truffles lost the ability to disperse their spores by air currents and propagate instead by animal consumption and subsequent dispersal of their spores. Right. Through poop. The largest known fruiting body measures over 1,000 centimeters. That's over 35 feet in length. Oof. And is estimated to weigh between 400 and 500 kilograms. That's like 1,000 wow. pounds. That's uh, Philinus epsiloideus, uh, found in Hainan. And that was a truffle? I don't know if it was a truffle or, or a, a mushroom. mushroom. Probably a mushroom. Probs. I don't know. Truffles can be pretty mushroom. big. How do fungus feed? Oh, uh, they, they absorb and... Uh... Crawl, they move over things and dissolve them. Do you agree or disagree? I don't think fungus moves. Well, it grows. It grows. And that's why you get uh, fungus on dead bodies or whatever. Because they're eating it. They're like, don't the spores go out and then just eat where they are? I, man, I, uh, this is a good question. Uh, I think they just kind of land on things and then start absorbing the nutrients. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Kevin is correct. Mm hmm. Fungi feed by absorption of nutrients from the environment around them. They accomplish this by growing through and within the substrate on which they are feeding. Mm-hmm. Numerous branching filaments that make up the mycelium of a fungus uh, network through wood, cheese, uh, soil, people, or flesh, yes, uh, from which they are growing. Mm. There you go. What is corn smut? Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen that video on Pornhub.com. Yeah, it's, it's not my thing. No, no. You know, I tried it out. It's nothing specific. It's just all pornography in Nebraska. Mm. <laughs> That's when the the dick is as big as a corn cob. Oh, oh, or, corn smut. Or you have some sort of horrible disease, which makes <laughs> yeah. it look like a corn cob, or right. both. Yeah, it's just a lumpy and ridged. Oh, and it, <laughs> when you when it gets too close to uh, heat, it pops. <laughs> <laughs> You have dry white white ejaculate. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Corn smut is a plant disease caused by the pathogenic fungus Eustilago matus that causes smut, uh-huh. which is multicellular fungi characterized by their large number of thick-walled resting spores okay. on corn. The fungus form galls on all above-ground parts of corn species and is known in Mexico as the delicacy huitlacoche. Oh, the fungus is a delicacy. Yes. Okay. It is eaten usually as a filling in quesadillas and other tortilla-based foods and soups. Okay. I tried to get a can of, of wheat lacoche yeah. for us to eat oh. on this episode, uh-huh. but they don't get morning until Tuesday. Praise oh. Jeebus. So we'll have to do it on a special blend somewhere in the future. Okay. But it's a delicacy, right? All delicacies taste good, right? I believe that to be the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Corn smut. Uh, wasn't jellyfish a delicacy? I don't even know. Yeah, I, <laughs> oh, I we, just, we just ate that for no reason. I don't know if anybody considers that a delicacy. It's because it, it, Joe. It's because it was there. What is a saprophyte? Oh, uh, saprophilia is uh, the love of sapros in a sexual way. What's a sapro? What? So I just got to figure out what a sapro is. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, it could be related to a saprophyte, which is oh. somebody who loves that Sapporo Kirin beer. Or when they have too many Sapporos, they fight. Yeah, mm. they get into a scrap. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here to drink Sapporo and kick some ass, and I'm all out of Sapporo. That's a saprophyte. Yeah. Most fun guy are saprophytes, meaning they feed on dead or decaying material. There you go. Hmm. This helps to remove leaf litter and other debris that would otherwise accumulate on the ground. A very few fungi actively capture prey, such as Anthrobotrys, which snares nematodes on which it feeds. Nematodes. Yeah. What's the difference between a, a regular toad and a nematode? Well, nematode is not actually a toad at all. It's a it's a worm. So like, why do they call them nema worms? Roundworm, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. good. That's a good question. Uh, many fungi are parasitic, feeding on living organisms without right. killing them. Mm-hmm. Ergot, yes, corn smut, right? Dutch elm disease Ooh. and ringworm are all diseases caused by parasitic fungi. Ooh. The largest known living organism on Earth is an armorilia fungus in Oregon. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. The largest, the largest known living organism, okay, on this planet. Mm-hmm. Wow, is not a blue whale. It is a fungus. It's a fungus in Oregon. How old is it? And how much area does it cover in square kilometers? <laughs> wow, wow. Well, okay. how many square kilometers is a blue whale? <laughs> less than one. Less well, far, maybe far, far less than That's one. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe you stretched it real good. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. If it's one of those exploding whales, many, ah, many. Yeah, yeah. Kaboom. <laughs> uh, uh, the exploding car crushing whales. Uh, how many square kilometers? Uh, 32. I'm going to say 120 square kilometers. How old is it? Oh, uh, uh, 800 years old. 5 million years old. It is 2,400 years old. Okay. And it is 9 square kilometers. All right. 9. So, so 3 by 3. Three right. kilometers by three kilometers. But, if but, it was a perfect well, square. If it was a perfect square. Three right. by three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be nine by one. Yep. Too long too and skinny. Long and skinny. <laughs> well, it's very thin, mm-hmm. but it's quite flat and wide. Mm-hmm. 
What is tinea or tinea pedis? That's a sex move. That's what they teach you in uh, human health class, right? You know, you want to take care to have some tinea pedis prior to intercourse. Mm. It will make everyone more satisfied in the end. Yeah, in the end. This is just polite. That is when you try to cure tinnitus by having a dog lick your ear. Got it, of course. Oh, pedis. Athlete's foot. Oh, okay. Also known as ringworm of the foot. Mm-hmm. And moccasin foot. Mm, moccasin foot. That sounds racist. Is a common and contagious skin disease that causes itching, scaling, flaking, and sometimes blistering the affected areas. Mm-hmm. Globally, athlete's foot, or tinea pettis, affects about 15% of the population. Okay. Tinea pettis is caused by the mold known as epidermophyton flocusum. <laughs> flocosum. <laughs> flocosum. <laughs> okay. Or molds of the trichophyton genus of fungi. Mm, uh, that's the family of Triceratops. Ran. A little bit, do people know Triceratopses were actually fungi? They were uh, wandering three-horned fungi. Yeah, mm-hmm. nine square kilometers. Yep. These parasitic fungi are typically transmitted in moist communal areas where people go barefoot, such as around swimming pools or in locker rooms, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. require a warm, moist environment like the inside of a shoe to incubate. Yep. Well, it's a good thing humans don't have any of those. Fungal infection of the foot may be acquired by, in many ways, such as walking in an infected locker room. By using an infested bathtub. Ooh, I don't like the sound of an infested bathtub. By sharing a towel used by someone with the disease. Oh, towel sharing. Gross. By touching the feet with infected fingers, such as after scratching another infected area of the body. Mm-hmm. Or by wearing fungi contaminated shoes or socks. How about uh, touching feet with infected feet? Yes. So this is why cultures never really adopted the foot shake. Yeah. It's mm, always been a exactly. handshake. Yeah, to fight uh, athlete's foot. The fungi may spread to other areas of the body, such as by scratching. The fungi tend to infect areas of skin that are kept warm and moist, such as with insulation, clothes, body mm-hmm. heat, and sweat. Okay. If untreated, skin blisters and cracks caused by athlete's foot can lead to severe bacterial infections. Mm, don't like the sounds of that. Now compare this with Majura foot, mm-hmm. also known as Eumysotoma. Okay. We have a photo that we will put on CosticSodaPodcast.com. Of Eumysophototobia? Of Eumysotoma. Eumysotoma. How would you describe this? Uh, Somebody spilled a thing of butter chicken on their foot. (laughs) Yes. And and then let it sit there without moving for about four days. Yeah. A chronic granulomatous fungal disease of humans affects many of the limbs and sometimes the abdominal and chest wall or the head. Yeah. The disease is acquired by inoculation of grains of fungus spores through the soil through a breach in the skin produced by a minor trauma, like a thorn prick. Okay, so you're walking barefoot. It's yep. in the soil. Yep. You get a, you get a uh, you get thorn prick, mm-hmm. and boom, it's under the skin. Yep. The disease mm-hmm. then spreads to deeper tissue and also forms sinus tracts leading to skin surface. Ooh. Mature lesions are characterized by a grainy discharge as from these sinuses. To, as opposed to immature lesions. Yes. Where it's like, Dad, can I the car? God! <laughs> these discharges contain fungal colonies and are infective. Ooh. Related is uh, Oh No My... Oh No... Oh, oh No My Fungus on My Toe! <laughs> onicomycosis. On- onicomycosis? Onicomycosis. Mm-hmm. Refers to a fungal infection of the nails that may affect one or several of the toenails or yeah. fingernails. Mm-hmm. And we have a photo of, of this as well at the very bottom. Uh, what is this? 
This is the um, onychomycosis, oh. fungal infection of the nails. Oof! Wow. So this person has their fingernails are basically being eaten away. It looks like they're, they have no fingernails, and that's like yeah. the thing underneath is all infected. Yes, and so it's like, except for that one. Instead of fingernails, they now have fungus nails. Like, okay, they're posing for this photo. Why is that healthy pinky finger touching? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would be like, okay, but this one's staying way the f over here. No, it's like immune. Oh, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's already built immune. up an immunity. Yes, yeah, obviously it's immune. Otherwise, it would already have it. Same. Right. That the the pinky trains. Harder than the others. That's right. That pinky's always doing pinky lifts. Pinky finger. That's the pop quiz. Okay. Gross. We all won from looking at those photos. Yeah, those are pretty disgusting photos. In the science. Those were bubbling beakers. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mine was a nuclear bomb. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like... It's uh, really far away, though. Mythbusters science, where they, everything explodes at the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As previously mentioned, a fungus is primarily a vast network of mycelium. Okay. Filaments or roots and branches which spread out on and beneath the ground. Right. Is it ironic that mycelium is underground? It is. Yeah. It is ironic. It should be my, my uh, ground. My florium. Yeah. Yeah. My bottom yum. The mycelium breathes in oxygen and exhales carbon dioxide, just like humans. Okay. Just like humans. Guys, we have more in common. Can't we all just <laughs> find our, the common ground? Does it have lungs the, the, that it breathes it in? And does it cough once in a while? I don't think it does it just like humans. The common infested ground that you don't want to get a, uh, yes, a that's right. thorn prick in? Fungi were the first organisms to come to land. Okay. Fungi do not need light. They can use radiation as a source of energy as well. Okay. Mm. The mycelium also serve as a kind of underground internet, what? linking the roots of different plants. Ooh, okay. Like on Avatar. Yes, exactly. Like on Avatar. Mm-hmm. Through this network, plants can share nutrients and information right. and sabotage unwelcome plants by spreading toxic chemicals through the network. Oh. A wood wide web, if you will. <laughs> I like that. But I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> but my, first, my initial reaction was against it. I warmed up to it, though. I'm good. Around 90% of land plants are in mutually beneficial relationships with fungi. That's right. But they 90%? Don't... That's right. They don't tell their partners, though. <laughs> Who are the other 10%? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. The other 10% are just fucking liars. Mm-hmm. What? No, I wasn't with that fungus. I'm totally monoga plantus. You pass that fungus on to me. Some plants have shown that when they're attacked by aphids or other threats, some form of signaling was going on between these plants about herbivory by aphids. Mm -hmm. And those signals were being transported through mycorrhizal mycelial networks, mycorrhizal being just the the, the partnerships. Right. But just like the human element, the fungal internet has a dark side. Oh, really? The dark side of the internet. Uh, Mm. Is there there like child fungus pornography on there? No, the fungus like rears up and with his cow, from underneath his cow says, come to the dark side. Our internet undermines privacy and facilitates serious crime. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. And frequently allows computer viruses to spread. Uh Uh-huh. And in the same way, Plants' fungal connections mean they are never truly alone and that malevolent neighbors can harm them. Oh, For one thing, some plants plants steal from each other using this internet. Right. The wood wide web. 
Plant hackers. There are plants that don't have chlorophyll, so unlike most plants, they cannot produce their own energy through photosynthesis. Some of these plants, such as the phantom orchid, get the carbon they need from nearby trees via the mycelia of fungi that both are connected to. USA Network is planning the new series, the plant hacker series, Mr. Woodbot. Mr. Woodbot. Woodbottom? Woodbot. Woodbot. Yeah. Mr. Woodbot. Yeah, yeah. it's the spinoff from Mr. Robot. I don't know that one. It's a good show. Okay. Prototaxites. Okay, so these are funguses that don't attack your nails because they're proto. Pro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I thought they were they were for uh, taxing your toes. Oh, like, so they're the opposite. Toe tax. These are the ones we got to be like looking out for. Yeah, They'll we, take a toe. That's, look, man, everybody's got more than 10 toes. We have to tax until everybody's down. Take right. one. We're going to take 10%, 10 of your toes, which yeah. is one. You can take your pinky toe. Around 400 million years ago, when land plants were still relatively new, giant spires of fungus poked from the earth. Ooh. Mm. Wow. Fungus an- spires. Mm-hmm. The ancient organism boasted trunks up to eight meters high and as wide as one meter. Mm. Whoa. Plants at that time were a few feet tall. Invertebrate animals were small and there were no terrestrial vertebrates. Okay. Fossils of the organism known as prototaxites had peppered the paleontological findings ever since they were first discovered in 1859. Right. But despite the fossil records, no one could figure out what these giant spires were. Some scientists called prototaxites a lichen, others a fungus, and still others clung to the notion that it was some kind of tree. Okay. All right. That all changed in 2007 when a study came out that concluded the spires were a fungus, like a gigantic early mushroom. Mm. So like eight meter tall mushroom spires. I love it. Mm. Yeah. It'd be easy to make soup back in those days. Oh, man. Oh, tasty, tasty mm. cream of prototaxites soup. Oh, you can make prototaxites gravy. I wonder, oh, yeah. I wonder if it'd be easy to cut down, like it'd be nice and soft, like a mushroom to chop through with your axe. So you'd easily go out and cut mm. down a Good question. tree for dinner. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll just take a bite out of it. Not everyone is sold on the idea that Prototaxides was an early fungus, science is messy, and despite more than a century of digging, we still don't really know for sure what these huge spires that dominated the ancient earth were. Could have been fingers but, of giants. Yeah, we've got Ooh. some, uh, this looks like an artist's impression here. It's pretty cool. Oh, no, it's a photograph from uh, 400 million BC, oh, Joe. yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. My mistake. That's no, going to have yeah, a they, uh, podcast. They did uh, time-lapse photography back then. Oh, no, sorry, time-traveling photography. Yeah. Let's talk about some pathogenic fungi. Okay. All right. Pathogenic fungi are fungi that cause disease in humans or other organisms. Right. The study of pathogenic fungi is referred to as medical mycology. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ringworm. It's a common skin infection that is caused by a fungus. It's called ringworm because it can cause a circular rash. Right. Shaped like a ring. I've seen that. That is usually red and itchy. Mm-hmm. Seen it. It's not a worm. No. I had uh, ringworm as a child. Really? Yeah. Yep. Uh, is that where that lyric from your song comes? Riddled with ringworm? Burr your way to my heart? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. inspired by true life events, people. Well, oh, true life torn events. Yeah. Who knew? My mom how, always blamed the cat. How many, that I got how many of your mm-hmm. HP Lovecraft inspired songs are somewhat autobiographical? All of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh? huh? Especially Ride the Flying Polyp. Right. Are you a yith? <laughs> are you, are you a, a yith right now? Yith happens. Yeah. Pneumocystis pneumonia, or okay. PCP. Oh, there's a different kind of PCP than I've heard of. Yeah. yeah, It's an illness caused by the fungus Pneumocystis gyrovecii. Okay. PCP is one of the most frequent and severe opportunistic infections in people with weakened immune systems, particularly people with HIV AIDS. Hmm. Then you got Aspergillus niger. Oh, And okay. various species of the genus Strachybotrys are molds that infest houses. Okay. Their spores are harmful to humans and produce symptoms of respiratory diseases. Oh, this is like black mold. 
they're always talking about, oh, look out for the black mold. Serious infestations in wooden houses are particularly hard to get rid of and require chemicals. In less enlightened times, infested houses were burned. Hmm. Burn that house down. It's got mold well, in it. I mean, it might have actually worked, though. Yeah, I, I'm sure it worked. Yeah. <laughs> what would happen, though, if it had this huge evolutionary leap where it was like, yes, burn us and spread our spores even further? <laughs> yes, on the uh, the towering, fla- hot, hot, uh, you Ooh, know, fire fungus smoke. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a D&D uh, monster manual thing, the right? Fire fungus. Myconoids sprouting up all over town. Yeah. yeah. Well, half on fire and burning. Yeah. yeah, and you try and... Like most funguses, you know, uh, fire does double damage, but the fire fungus actually mm-hmm. spreads it even faster. Yeah, it makes it... They feed on fire. It. it makes it spore off and make yeah. more. Yeah, you mm-hmm. heal it. It becomes like the hydra. In 2008, a 47-year-old welder from Buckinghamshire mm-hmm. died after being engulfed by clouds of dust, quote-unquote, when he opened bags of rotting plant material that had been left to fester. Oh, he developed mm-hmm. acute aspergillosis, a mm-hmm. dangerous reaction to aspergillus fumigatus spores. Mm-hmm. These spores usually trigger a relatively harmless reaction at worst. But the man had been extremely unlucky and inhaled a very large number of spores. Right. Hmm. The man became ill 24 hours after the exposure, but was not admitted to hospital until after a, a week later when he complained of chest pain and difficulty breathing. Yeah. His tissue was starved of oxygen and he suffered from overwhelming sepsis. Overwhelming sepsis. Mm-hmm. Supposedly the underwhelming sepsis. I am not going to open any bags of rotting plant material in the near future. Don't do it. I, I if you can. My whole life's mission is to avoid doing that very <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. So it's you know just business as usual for this guy right, right over here. Sure. Do not open rotting plant material bags up. Keep on keeping on. That's right. Histoplasmosis is an infection caused by breathing in spores of the histoplasma capsulatum fungus. Right. Mm. It is a disease that primarily affects the lungs, but other organs may be involved as well. Okay. H. capsulatum is commonly found in bird and bat droppings in the soil, which change the properties of the soil, thus favoring the growth of the fungus. Consequently, poultry farms and other animal farms are its densest reservoirs. Mm. Mm. Dense reservoir. Mm. Got it. The other place where it is liable to grow is in abandoned buildings and caves. It is likely to be inhaled when the environment is disturbed, such as in destruction of abandoned lots, construction sites, and cave exploration or oh, spelunking. Right. Hence, it is also called spelunker's lung or mm. caver's disease. Hold on. Hold the phone. Mm. Spelunker's lung. Spunker's lung? <laughs> that, wait that's... a sec. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Wrong point. I, I was not paying attention to what you were saying, but now I'm, I've, I am rapt attention. I'm sorry. It's spelunker, not spunker's lung. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's spunkers that need to be able to spell. Yeah. Oh, or spunkers who can't spell. It usually causes a mild illness that settles by itself, but sometimes the disease may be prolonged or may be rapidly progressive, which typically happens in people with a weak immune system yep. or those mm-hmm. who have been exposed to a large amount of the fungus. Histoplasmosis is seen commonly among people who have HIV-AIDS, with approximately 30% of HIV-AIDS patients diagnosed with histoplasmosis Whoa, dying from it. That's no, crazy. 30% of those who get it die from it. Oh, all right. Not 30% have it. Okay. Rarely histoplasmosis can be acquired by transplantation of organs from infected hosts or by needle stick injury to laboratory personnel. Um, Sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get get an an organ transplant and suddenly you got histoplasmosis. You got got Spelunker's lung. I think if I've learned anything. You gave me a Spelunky lung. If Scottish Hollywood has taught me anything. Scottish Hollywood. Yeah, right. You know, train spotting. Yeah. Scottish Hollywood. Yeah, Scottish if it's taught me anything, it's taught me that anything that ends with plasmosis cannot be good for anybody with AIDS. No. Yeah. 
You do not want to anybody do utter the words plasmosis near you. There's if very you're suffering little from HIV. Or AIDS. There's very, like very little that's good for people with AIDS. Really, sure. Like, there's ice some, cream. There's but some plasmosis. Uh, most ice cream, but you never know. There may be mm-hmm. some with some histoplasmosis in it. Allergic pulmonary disease known as saxophone lung. Oh wow! Can be what? developed in response to the mold that collects over time in woodwind instruments. Mm-hmm. Saxophone lung is really a type of hypersensitive pneumonitis, mm-hmm. which is the inflammation of the lung tissue. Except, wait, the saxophone's... Is it a wood... I know it it's, is a woodwind. it's counted Absolutely. as a woodwind, yes. but it's not made out of wood? No, no, no. It's not made out of wood, it's but it reed. has the wood reed. Okay. Those, those are all the woodwinds. So That's the clarinet, your saxophones, yeah. your... Uh, what else sort of fits that bill? A whole shit ton of saxophones. Um, Oboe. I used to play tenor saxophone. Okay, and uh, once went away for Christmas <laughs> holidays, and I didn't kind of clean out my uh, my mouthpiece properly. Okay, and I came back, had some mold on it, scraped it off, Oof. kept playing. Oh, so, oh I I'm say just fine. Full of, full of bugs. I'm just I'm, I'm just fine. Well, one this case study debunked. Debunked. <laughs> one case study uh-huh. detailed a man who was not Kevin. Okay, uh, coughing and wheezing when he sought medical treatment. Mm-hmm. This patient with saxophone lung was initially diagnosed with allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis, mm-hmm. or ABPA. Oh, Ampa. Oh, they diagnosed him with a great uh, disco band from Un- Sweden? Until it was revealed he was a Dixie band player who had not cleaned his clarinet in over 30 years. Uh, what 30 years. Why would you not clean? That's disgusting. Why would you not clean your clarinet in 30 years? He likes the way it sounds. It, get, it got to a certain level of dirty. That's and he's not like, the way oh, woodwinds yeah. work. Yeah, there we go. That's, <laughs> this, that's, it's going to keep this, and if it ever goes bad, I'll clean is, it. But This is not like a barbecue where, you know, oh, you, yeah. you know, you build up the goods. Yeah, yeah uh, this is, no, that's, what? I don't know, man. I'm not a woodwind expert, apparently, because I didn't even know saxophone was a woodwind. Maybe this is how you do it. That's why I didn't break through. I scraped off my mold. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was like Samson's he just, hair. He just liked the feel of the fuzz on his lips. Right? <laughs> well, they like lip tickling every yeah, time yeah. I played my clarinet. That's right. A general dentistry study published in 2011 showed a wide variety of bacteria, yeast, and mold present in 13 previously played high school band instruments. Mm. You know, it's a... Uh, if you have your clarinet that you haven't uh, cleaned in 30 years, I mean, you you pretty much have a symbiotic relationship with that fungus <laughs> yeah. at this stage of the game. Like, it's kind of like, like, oh, you just, you just stop playing and it just hangs off your lip. Yeah, that's right. For you the have, rest you, of the like, day. Maybe you have this kind of telepathic connection, right? You know, mm-hmm. he just only feels at home when he's got that mold in his mouth. I, want, I wonder if the fungus inside it, like, misses him while he's, like, oh, you know, he's asleep. Gone. And it just starts pulling little feelers out and dragging the saxophone to his mouth while he's sleeping. No, even Play. better. Even better. It gets sad when, when he's away and it, like, plays like, wah, wah, wah. That's right. From inside. Yep. Yeah. Many children participate in their school's band ensemble, and often the instruments they play are on loan. Uh-huh. Most of these instruments have been played by other students, and without the proper sanitation, bacteria and fungi can thrive for weeks and even months after the last use. They have spit, val- spit valves for a reason. Fungal eye infections okay. are extremely rare. But Little tiny be- mushrooms coming out of your eyes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know. It's a uh, fun gal's eyes, right? You know, there's, 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 it adds a little sparkle. Right. Oh, it's like oh, it's it's glitter. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, it's like you know, the fun you know, gal has glitter. It gets yeah. in there and it gets infected. That was yeah. more like your eyelashes just become tiny mushrooms. Oh, okay, there you and go. You can... 
They're very rare, but they can be very serious. Yeah. The most common way for someone to develop a fungal eye infection is as a result of eye injury, yep. particularly uh, if the injury was caused by plant material, such as a stick or a thorn. Okay. All right. Because it'll have some, like, you know, little yeah. uh, spores of spore. There. We've talked about this before, how we're a big tube, and as long as things don't get inside, we're pretty good. So basically, you need to get poked, and then yeah, the, the fungus has got to get in there somewhere. Yeah, the sausage yeah. gets yeah, fungus. Exactly. Yep. Inflammation or infection of the cornea, the clear front layer of the eye, is known as keratitis, and inflammation or infection in the interior of the eye is called endophthalmitis. Mm-hmm. Fungal keratitis is a very common cause of corneal infection in developing countries, although it is not common in Western countries. If not diagnosed and treated promptly and effectively, significant damage can occur. Oh, there oh, is a photo. A oh. We have a photo that, like, oh, it's no. just... Oh, it looks no. like a, 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 a latte. No, no, no. Uh, it looks like a... Uh, a bird like, dropping? No. A, a, yeah, a little, a little bit of bird, little bit. bird dropping. This no, is I, a person's eye, the middle of their the, eye. This is the middle of their eye. Instead of an eyeball, instead of a, uh, you know, iris and all the rest of that stuff, yeah. it, it looks like a, like a uh, you know, egg frittata, a spinach... <laughs> And feta frittata. <laughs> to me, it looks like, so you can see the red in yep. the background of yep. it. Mm-hmm. It looks like for some reason there's like a burning red sky because it's kind of oh. cloudy. Okay. <laughs> and on top of it is just like this little fleck of the fungus that you would find like when your food goes super bad in the right. fridge for months, right. Right? right? Just somebody's put a little, put a thing of that on a piece of glass in front of a burning red sky. Man. It's just, right. oof. Oh, yeah. Very Avoid. Gross. Avoid. Yeah. yeah. Do not poke yourself in the eyes with sticks, kids. Yeah. But do go to causticsodapodcast.com and check out this picture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are you, chicken? You know, yeast is a fungus that normally lives in the vagina in small numbers. Normally, sure. Okay. A vaginal yeast infection means that too many yeast cells are growing in the vagina. Oh, too much of a good thing. These infections. Uh, it's a thing. I don't know, it's good or bad. Uh, These infections are very common. Although they can bother you a lot, they are not usually serious, and treatment is simple. Most yeast infections are caused by a type of yeast called Candida albicans. Mm. A healthy vagina has many bacteria and a small number of yeast cells. The most common bacteria, Lactobacillus acidophilus, help keep other organisms like yeast under control. (laughs) Acidophilus. Okay. Oh, bird. When something happens to change the balance of these organisms, yeast can grow too much and cause symptoms. Right. Taking antibiotics sometimes causes this imbalance. Oh. Because oh. you get rid of the thing. You get rid of the good one. Yeah, that keeps the yeast at bay. And mm. the bad ones are like, yo, look at all this food nobody's eating. Yeah, Far yeah. Up. So don't take antibiotics because it'll give you yeast infections. Don't ever. Never well, take, take antibiotics. <laughs> well, unless your doctor says so, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, the high estrogen levels caused by pregnancy or hormone therapy also can cause it. Oh, so don't get pregnant either. That's right. Mm-hmm. And okay. so can certain health problems like diabetes or HIV. Well, don't get those. Don't so get don't diabetes get, or HIV. You shouldn't anyway, right? Yeah. I'm going to go with the simple solution. I'm not going to get a vagina. Fair. Mm-hmm. Fair. A yeast infection causes itching or soreness in the vagina and sometimes causes pain or burning when you urinate or have sex. Some women also have a thick, clumpy white discharge that has no odor and looks a little like cottage cheese. Now, when I was preparing this document, I thought, oh, maybe we should include a photo Uh of the worst yeast infection I can find. Uh Uh-huh. Do not Google image search for yeast infection. Oh, really? For your own... Personal safety. Personal safety. (laughs) For your mental well-being. Yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, a little personal story. I once received a yeast infection from a, uh, very generous young lady. Oh. Obviously. <laughs> Maybe didn't realize. 
Was it she a, had a yeast infection or was just burgeoning or whatever? You got and a yeast infection, but you don't have a vagina, I thought. I, I don't. It evidently. Oh. It can okay transfer all right from one uh, nutty part to another. And then you had the cottage cheese. Uh, there was no cottage cheese discharge. Mm. It was uh, just a uh, you know some a burning, uh, so a little burning, okay. little burning, a little okay. uh, little mm. just like basically a rash. Felt like a rash. Okay, on mm. a very yeah, yeah. out of place. I do not like rashes. All right, so they I had to take a pill and uh, put on some cream. Oh, that sounds so bad. Okay. Yeah, I've thought of it's funny that for yeast infection you have, you buy the kit and the kit comes with one big pill that you put in your penis. Uh, that's what I tried at first. <laughs> Shove it up there, right? And they're like, no, 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 just take it orally. Oh, right? yeah, and then uh, and then you just uh, you know put some cream on that takes care of it. it solves your problem. All right, so Torn, here is the uh, Google image search for yeast infection, and we will give our reaction. No. Oh. Yeah, those are pretty terrible. Look at look at that oh, one there, Kev. <laughs> there you go, Kev. Oh God! Oh no! Okay, so oh, no, that's heed uh, my advice. Oh, heed no. my advice. Oh, now I normally no. don't oh, mind having gross whoa. stuff uh, <laughs> in our image oh, notes, but I'm gonna pick. I'm probably gonna take that one, which is from YouTube. Oh God! And I'm gonna. Oh. It's going to be a link saying, don't click this. It's going to have a lot of warnings. <laughs> but oh. if you want to see it. I was hungry. I'm go to CausticSodaPodcast.com. I was going to get something to eat after we finished recording. That is, uh, I was planning on getting a boner in the next couple of couple of days. <laughs> you were planning on it, yeah. Yeah, I was planning on a boner. And we can now, that problem is solved. Thanks to oh. our researcher, Dave E., uh-huh. For a mm-hmm. bunch of this stuff, especially this uh, article on mushroom, magic mushrooms. Oh, okay. okay. Magic mushrooms. Ma- uh, the active ingredient of which is psilocybin. That's right. Uh-huh. Mm. At first glance, psilocybicubensis mm-hmm. doesn't look particularly magical. Mm-hmm. In fact, the scientific name of this little brown and white mushroom roughly translates to bald head. Okay. <laughs> okay. But those who have ingested a dose of of P. cubensis mm-hmm. say it changes the user's world. The mushroom is on one of more than 100 species that contain compounds called psilocybin and psilocin, psilocin, mm-hmm. which are psychoactive and cause hallucinations, euphoria, and other trippy symptoms. These magic mushrooms have long been used in Central American religious ceremonies yep. and are now part of the black market in drugs in the U.S. and many other countries where they're considered a controlled substance. Yep. Mm-hmm. The compounds in psilocybin mushrooms may give users a mind-melting feeling, but in fact, the drug does just the opposite. Psilocybin actually boosts the brain's connectivity. Okay. What does that mean? Researchers at King's College London asked 15 volunteers to undergo brain scanning by a functional MRI machine. While they're on psilocybin? They did so once after ingesting a dose of magic mushrooms and once after taking a placebo. Okay. Mm -hmm. The resulting brain connectivity maps showed that while under the influence of the drug, the brain synchronizes activity among areas that would not normally be connected. Okay. Okay. All right. That's strange. This alteration in activity could explain the dreamy state that shrooms users report experiencing after taking the drug. Right. Mm -hmm. According to anthropologist John Rush, magic mushrooms explain why kids wait for a flying elf to bring them presents on December 25th. (laughs) Okay. Siberian shamans used to bring gifts of hallucinogenic mushrooms to households each winter. Really? Reindeer were the spirit animals of these shamans. Okay. And ingesting mushrooms might just convince a hallucinating tribe member that those animals could fly. Got it. Plus, 
Santa's red and white suit looks suspiciously like the colors of the mushroom species Amita muscaria, which uh, grows under evergreen trees. Right. Eh. Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. Eh. Yeah. However, this species is toxic to people. Not all anthropologists are sold on the hallucinogen Christmas connection. Right. Got it. This theory. Mm -hmm. But Siberian reindeer also have a taste for magic mushrooms. What? Unclear whether the reindeer feel the effects, but Siberian mystics would sometimes drink the urine from deer that had ingested mushrooms in order to get hallucinogenic experience for religious rituals. Wow. Uh, Reindeer pee. Good gravy. (laughs) Delicious. Uh, That's not good gravy. mm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, has anybody around the table uh, ever ingested magic mushrooms? I have not, although I certainly had ample opportunity when I was in the 90s. Yeah, I think early, they grow quite plentifully in the British Columbia. I have mm-hmm. lots of friends who are big fans, uh, mm-hmm. several who are like, yeah, you got to come with us sometime. And uh, now that I've kind of done my research on them, I'm like, yeah, okay. They, the research shows they're pretty safe as yeah. long as somebody's taking care of you, don't take too much, easy and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, okay, but I still haven't. Still no. haven't. Uh, no. I, uh, I took magic mushrooms while I was in Amsterdam where they are legal. Okay. They are sold in health food stores. Right. You go into smart shops and buy mind-expanding hallucinogenic drugs. How are the colors? The colors of the world. Lots of colors. Super saturated? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything's everything's bright and crisp. And uh, the most interesting part is, like, you have a sensation of, like, being one with nature. They quite commonly say you should... Experience them out of doors. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Go and, lie in a elf circle. Right? Very circle. And yeah, they, you have these sort of, you know, theories about the universe that just seem to spawn from nowhere. And, uh, right. Sure. You know, yeah, if you feel enlightened, mm-hmm. like the veil has been lifted. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you like, I can't believe I didn't see it all along. Sure. Right. <laughs> you know, auras and how connected we are. And, you know, the trees can sense it, but you can't. And, mm. you know, unless you're... Uh, dealing with magic mushrooms right yeah i've just heard uh taste gross probably upsetting your stomach find oh, yeah. somebody knows what they're doing don't eat too well, much like all sorts of things like that I mean, it's kind of a semi-poisonous uh yeah you know mm-hmm. fungus funerals follow up mm. artist J. rim lee demonstrated a unique way of confronting cultural attitudes about death when she took uh-huh. the stage in her new creation the death suit Ooh. at the Ooh. ted global conference Ooh. the death suit the death suit what do you Torn, what do you think the death suit constitutes uh well <laughs> I imagine to be very spiky, okay. and you just run into a crowd. <laughs> oh, there you go, there you go. So it's really it's a death suit for everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. As opposed to being a suit where there's also spikes turned inwards, and yeah. you have to run at a yeah. wall. That's right. <laughs> right. Where you do anything wrong, you're dead. Yeah, you're, just, you're dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while it doesn't look particularly threatening, the suit is designed to contain a type of fungus Lee calls the infinity mushroom, Ooh, uh-huh. which she has specifically bred to consume human flesh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I am interested in cultural death denial and why we are so distanced from our bodies, mm-hmm. and especially how death denial leads to funeral practices that harm the environment. Right. right. These mushrooms can be trained to grow on pretty much any organic material and break it down. So I started collecting my hair, nails, and skin so I could pick the best mushrooms to become infinity mushrooms to recognize and eat my body after I die. Okay. The goal of the Infinity Burial Project is to market burial kits, including the suit, a burial container, and organic compounds that accelerate the decomposition process. Oh, so what you do is you put a dead person in the suit, and then you basically compost them. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
I'm okay with this. Sure. Yeah, they want to sell this as an alternative to the usual funeral practices. Mm. Okay. Lee revealed that many people have expressed an interest in the kits, but the product has not yet been officially launched to consumers. This is somewhat similar to the burial practices in New Orleans, where because they're below sea level, you can't actually bury anybody in the ground. Otherwise, right. the bodies just float to the surface. Or they just feed right. them to alligators. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> you know, that's one way to go about doing <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but like the old school uh, cemeteries with the, the three chambered tombs, mm-hmm. then you put the body in the top tomb. And of course, it gets so hot and stinky there that and they build it out of brick and stone that they basically turns them into ovens because it's like 45 degrees Celsius outside. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like 200 degrees Celsius mm-hmm. inside these things. Mm-hmm. And within one year, the bodies are basically completely broken down, like even the bones. It got so hot mm-hmm. in there. Wow. Like it's basically this, like. You know, 19th century cremation. Yeah. And they, cremation. Uh, so then the top chamber, then they drop them in what's the ash and whatever that's left down at the bottom. And because the water comes up and down, like over the course of the year, that reabsorbs the ash into the ground. Hmm. And then they just like put the names of all the family members who've been interred there. I wonder if the mushroom suit, mm-hmm. like, do you end up with a bag full of mushrooms in a human body shape? That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Oh, and then you eat the mushrooms? Sure, why not? Well, or just gets up and start walking around, becomes a Doctor Who episode. Yeah. <laughs> right. I thought for a second, because it was a performance artist thing, I thought she was going to, like, you know, release the mushrooms on her own body so that she was like a living oh, mushroom. Yeah, right. you know, uh, Watch it slowly consume me over the course of years. <laughs> yes, this is my precisely. art. I can only do it once. Yeah. And it was going to be a, uh, a real exclamation point on that protest about current burial practices. That's right. Baby, there's mold outside. The filaments. Baby, there's mold outside. It's turning me and fuzzy and sometimes white. It's in the shower and the sink. Oh, the mold can make you ill. That's the golden solo, please. We're gonna get doled up. Baby, there's mold. Baby, there's mold outside. In the news. 2014, Penn State University. Uh-huh. A parasitic fungus known to manipulate the brain of ants doesn't make slave-like zombies out of any old host. I keep trying. Mm. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> Instead, the microorganism is somehow, somehow able to recognize the brains of different ant species and releases its mind-controlling chemical cocktail only when in its preferred host. And we talked about this in like season one parasites i think yeah mm. and possibly mind control mm-hmm. our mind control episode fungi of the genus ophiocordyceps so-called zombie ant fungi yep. need ants to complete their life cycle yep. uh, life cycle when an ant comes across fungal spores while foraging the fungus infects the insect and quickly spreads throughout its body yep fungal cells in the ant's head release chemicals that hijack the insect's central nervous system the fungus forces the ant to climb up vegetation, clamp down onto a leaf or twig before killing its hapless drone. Uh-huh. It then grows a spore-releasing stalk, fruiting body, yep. out of the back of the victim's head, 
to infect more ants on the ground below. Yes, we've seen photos of this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these like kind of weirdo white stocky things coming out of all sorts of like carapaces. And scientists wondered why different Ophiocordyceps species seem to infect only two Carmenter ant species, Campanotus castaneus and Campanotus americanus. Right. Scientists injected fungal material in a liquid medium into the carpenter ants, as well as Campanotus pennsylvanicus, oh, the wow. black carpenter ant, mm-hmm. and Formica delosa, both of which are not known to be hosts to the fungus, despite living in the same area right. as hmm. the other ants. The fungus killed all three of the Campanotus species, pulling its mind control trick only on the two known hosts. Okay. So it kills it, but then it goes, ah, I'm not going to waste my time with the mind control. Next, the scientists... Uh, wanted to see if the fungus secretes a specific array of chemicals that allows it to manipulate the behavior of C. castaneus and C. americanus, but not other ants. We took the four species of ants that we used for the injection study, dissected their brains, and kept the brains alive by putting them in an insect cell culture medium. Oh, okay. All sounds right. pretty Sounds pretty fun. Yes. Yeah, Keeping good. ants' brains alive. Sounds and- a little mad science-y. Dissecting ant brains. That, that is, is some microscopic work. That is really tiny, that is real tiny work. fine-tuned, detail work. We added the fungus to this medium and let it react to the environment, and then we extracted the medium, which had all of the molecules the fungus produced. Mm-hmm. The medium from each ant contained thousands of unique chemicals, many of which were unknown. Oh, really? Using data from control experiments, the team weeded out chemicals likely produced by the brains of the fungus in response to the medium, leaving hundreds of chemicals secreted by the fungus in response to the ant's brains. Interestingly, Uh the fungus produced a different chemical cocktail for each ant species, suggesting it knows the brains of its target hosts and reacts accordingly. The fungus did not co-evolve with C. pensylvanicus or F. delosa, so it's unable to produce the right cocktail to manipulate those them thar ants. Right, okay. okay. And that leads us into pop culture. Oh, yeah, really? Specifically... The Last of Us. Are you sure you're not being manipulated by a brain-controlling fungus to uh, promote this movie? Video game? Video game? Whatever. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. No, I'm not sure. Do I have a fruiting body coming out of the back of my head? Oh, that's my nose. Out of the back weird, of your head. weird place for it. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> it's, my Pin- Hi, it's my Pinocchio-like schnoz. Your, your head's kind of mushroomy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Does explain all the mucus coming out of it. Yeah. yeah. You've Chinese played this game, The Last of Us. No. You haven't? No. Nope. Well, spoiler alert, it's fungus. You play a fungus. No, no. There's a cordyceps fungus that starts to take over the brains of humans. Yeah. And they become these kind of fungus people. We have a picture. But are they, they zombie-esque? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they've mm-hmm. got, uh, yeah, fungus sprouting out from inside of their body. Like yeah, they kind of uh, become fungus zombies. Yeah. So are they, uh, are, are they intelligent or are they become they're zombie-like? Like they become I've only played like the first half hour and I didn't even really get to see any of these right. advanced fungus people right mm-hmm. uh-huh but it basically becomes they seem to become like you know kind of feral fast moving zombies i think okay. right right so it's kind of a it's basically a zombie fighting game but with just a different origin story yeah we also discussed on our special blend with jeffrey combs yes the movie motivational growth yes where uh in uh, a character a depressed recluse in his 30s takes advice from a growth in his bathroom after a failed suicide attempt played by jeffrey combs yeah voiced mm. the the mold that's right. Creature. That was a puppet. That was a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. So listen to oh. listen to our special blend episode. Oh, so he's not the depressed recluse. No. No. Oh, he, fantastic. He does the voice of the mold puppet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was uh, definitely check that one out. That was a uh, one of our greatest special blends yet to date for sure. And not just because he tried to kiss me. 
I went on to Netflix and tuned in to the movie Shrooms. The movie Shrooms. Yeah, the the premise is that five Americans fly to Ireland to meet with their English friend. I don't believe it. Outrageous. Yeah, who's taking I can't them suspend my disbelief about that one. To a part of Ireland that is evidently replete with magic mushrooms. Okay. Specifically to go on a mushroom trip. A trip, a trippy trip. Yeah, a trippy trip, exactly. And uh, so their English friend is like the expert. He's the spirit guide. And of course, they instantly start separating and weird things start happening yeah. after this girl takes the wrong kind of mushroom that might just kill you, but might also make you precognitive. Ooh. Since so she starts having visions and predicting what's going to happen to people, and then it would happen. Oh, nice. Now, this movie's horrible. Okay. Right? And the biggest problem that I have with this movie, for a horror movie in which six people go out into the woods... Uh-huh. The first person dies at like the 48 minute mark, which is a really long time for nothing to happen. Oh, you've been wow, waiting. Wow, yeah. Uh, in a movie that is 85 minutes long. Okay. Some, the next person doesn't die until like minute 62. So there's like, even after the first person dies, it's like another 15 minutes before the next person dies. It is very oddly paced mm. because then like four people die in like the last, you know, 10 minutes of the movie. And then there's like a five minute wrap up. Just to get on with it. Like, What's the production values like? Uh, the photography was surprisingly good. Whoever uh-huh. the cinematographer was obviously had talent. And the English actor is an actor named Jack Houston, who went on to play a significant role in Boardwalk Empire, for which he was like loudly hailed. Okay. And he just got cast as Ben-Hur in the new like $200 million Ben-Hur remake. Good. So uh, he was actually quite good as right. like acting-wise. It's a shame that the script was so bad. Mm, I see. Uh-huh. Um, but there was one funny scene where one of the campers uh, took uh, way more mushrooms than recommended. He stumbled upon a cow in the woods uh-huh. who kept telling him that uh, he was going to die. <laughs> He's like cows can't talk. He's like, yeah, you're fucked, dude. I don't care. You're a talking cow. That doesn't. That not, I don't give a shit. I watched the X Files episode, Field Trip. Field mm-hmm. Trip. Yeah, season six, episode twenty one. Another another trip. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Now you go on a mushroom trip. You they they actually did. Uh, I'm totally gonna spoil the hell out of this because you've had more than enough time to see X Files. If you don't want to get spoiled, just skip ahead and go watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really good episode. Actually, I was really surprised. So it's kind of one of their monsters of the week, where it's not right. exactly connected so early, to the rest. It's one of the well, early. This is seasons. season six, actually. Oh, wow, okay, uh, couple married couple yeah. have been found. Their skeletons been found out in this field. Okay, and they go there, and it's really weird because they've only been missing for a certain amount of time, but right. their bodies are posed hugging each other uh, and completely skeletonized and it looks like they've been completely like like rotted away and stripped yeah so the first thought is immediately of course by the the scientist of scully which is like well it's ritualistic and they've been uh, clean their flesh has been cleaned from their bones and then they've been posed like this yeah uh what the secret is you'll find this out is that there is a giant underground fungal creature like yeah. the mm. nine we don't know how big but super big that's like oozing out this slime that has weird kind of mind control powers yeah. like the ant mind control and what it does is it just makes you crawl into the cave system and just kind so of lie there okay. but while you're doing it you hallucinate kind of what you want to happen right oh. so what's really cool is so they go in they they do their investigation and Scully's all oh, it's science Mulder and he's like no but it's the the brown mountain lights and there could be aliens and maybe this is all a setup or something yeah, and right. 
and they split up and Mulder goes out to investigate in the field and he yeah. ends up touching some of it. And what's great is they haven't told you yet what's going on, that yeah. it's a fungus, that there's mind control. It's just he's out investigating. Right. It changes. His story changes from there. He starts to, even though what he's really done is, you find out later, crawled into the cave and he's just lying there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what he thinks he's doing is still investigating. And then he sees the the husband who's being claimed that he's been captured by aliens right. and there's shiny lights. And if you didn't kind of pick up or go, what's going on with this? You'd yeah. be watching this episode as your first time through going, are they going to, is this the episode where he goes on a spaceship? They're actually showing aliens. Holy fuck. There's a gray there. They're showing aliens. Yeah. But then later on, Scully also gets exposed to it. So you get to see both of them kind of having these fantasies of what happens. How do they keep from getting eaten? Uh, That's a little... It's basically that Scully reasons what... Like, even though she's hallucinating, she starts to notice odd behaviors in the people she's talking to. Because she's hallucinating that she's solving the crime and reporting back to uh, Skinner. And Skinner's like, well, no, your report was good. And she's like, what? My report was good. And he's like, yeah, obviously ritualistic killing and da-da-da. And she's like, no, but... uh." And she eventually reasons it through. that She saw a mushroom and they saw the... The slime and there are things that do this. And so she broke through the mind control. So we must be underground being mind controlled. Right. So it's not really about how they get out of it because that's just like, and now we're done with their mm. their uh, hallucinations. But uh, they discovered a new species of fungus. They did. And uh, they came in and uh, like let the government know about it. And of course, they all hushed it up and probably. Right. Now they've got mind control Now they've got mind control agents. Oh, you fools. In uh, season one of uh, the series, the great series Hannibal, which I was a big fan of. I still haven't watched it. I hear good things. Uh, And uh, in season one, there's an episode. uh, It was more before they got onto kind of the the season long arcs. uh, They kind of had like murderer of the week early on in season one. And this was one of those. And this guy would... uh, take people and uh, drug them and then bury them underground live and then uh, let the, you know feed them to funguses so they found this like you know bed of bodies right. you know where they're all being consumed by funguses and of course the last guy in the line is still alive ah, yeah. Ah. Yeah, but uh, but they were they were sitting there going, oh, the, these bodies are just being eaten by fungus. And then they they realized because they beside every like grave there was a a thing with like a uh, IV drip so that it would keep them alive like while oh, they were being eaten man. by the funguses. Yeah, yeah it was uh, super gross, super awesome. So and there's some really great time lapse photography they do in this. Like the thing that I like most about Hannibal was the storytelling, but the second thing, the thing that kind of went or along with it hand in hand was. The photography and the stylized way they shot it and, like, everything was just to the finest detail. And, hmm. yeah, it was just a really incredible, you know, story, visual storytelling, especially in this episode. So I highly recommend it. Watched a movie called Matango. Matango. Oh. Attack of the Mushroom People. Oh, oh fantastic. Really? From 1963. Oh, great. This is going to be people in rubber suits with, like, mushroom cap heads, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Japanese production. Okay. Uh-huh. I think it's I think it's Toho, the same people as Godzilla. Oh, okay. There you go. A group of shipwrecked people, mostly rich playboys, are slowly overcome by the mushrooms on the island that transform anyone who eats them into mushroom-like creatures. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Based on the story, uh The Voice in the Night by William Hope Hodgson. Uh-huh. Who H.P. Lovecraft was a fan of. Okay. 
Also, H.P. Lovecraft wrote The Whisper in Darkness, which uh, included the fungi from Yagoth. Mm-hmm. Not really much fungi information yeah. on that story. Yeah. So this was, this was, well, I fell asleep. Okay. <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> but, I mean, from the, there but many It was movies. a slow burn. Yeah. It was from, definitely a slow burn. Was there a point where you're like, whoa, this has really picked up the Yeah, when quality. they went into the big <laughs> mushroom field on the island towards the end of the film. Yeah. And just, oh, the set design was actually pretty cool. All right. It okay. was like a big area of crazy mushrooms, and they obviously had people in these mushroom suits. Right. Of course they like, do menacing but not really hurting anyone in any way just kind of like it it was seemed like oh you're tripping out right the the mushrooms are all moving around (laughs) and trying to crowding around you and you're horrified just because you're there not because anything bad is they wrote this movie while they were on a mushroom trip quite possibly Mm -hmm. yeah the film was nearly banned in japan due to the fact that the makeup that some of the cast wore as they were turning into mushrooms was very reminiscent of how people looked after the atomic bombing of hiroshima oh like a, yeah. yeah okay like so, boy, bulbs and whatnot on right, the face right, right. And stuff like that so would the filmmakers say that it was kind of an uh you know allegorical treatment there, yeah, of there the was. nuclear attack yeah because they found this shipwreck on the island that had these mysterious mushrooms on them and they right. couldn't figure out where the ship came from and that had to do with nuclear tests and stuff like uh, that so, okay well but everything had to do with nuclear tests I mean, they're the, the godzilla people for the crying 60s, out loud yeah, yeah absolutely in japan um not a great movie but okay. interesting okay. interesting to watch how long was it um regular length 67 minutes could have cut it down by like 10 or 15 minutes okay all, all right. the stuff yeah. at the could beginning have really like it could have really snapped it up yeah. You know? yeah but then you wouldn't have had time for your nap torn that's yeah. true my ever important nap it's kind of like watching a baseball game right you can kind of fall asleep in the middle of it and still get <laughs> yes, to the point that's right yeah, yeah actually that's quite true because <laughs> yeah. as long as you don't miss those last like 15 minutes you're good yeah i exactly. have slept through every single baseball game since the beginning of time and i've <laughs> done so great with it, that uh, Ooh, <laughs> baseball Mushroom people. You want to talk about the Thalids and Magic the Gathering? Yeah, I got, I got, a, I have a, I have a fungus deck. Yeah, my... I have a green fungus deck from Magic really? the Gathering. And yeah. you're not talking about uh, your patio that is like overcome with moss and fungal nope. growth. No, nope. they have the Thalids, which are like mm-hmm. spore creatures that okay. each yeah. round you get more counters on your creatures, and then you can use those spore counters to do special. Yeah, moves. the Thalids are known uh, in Magic mostly for you can keep creating Thalid tokens, so you can just make more little tiny creatures, and they right. tend to be like very low power. But then you can buff them up, so you know you set your combos or going. or sacrifice those or sacrifice them little yeah, creatures yeah. for other abilities. So right. they were a race of sentient fungus that produces uh, saprolings. Yep, and they were developed by the elves as a food source. Mm, mm-hmm. Delicious. But, huh? Was like to make. If yeah. I'm making a food source, I like to make them sentient. Yeah, <laughs> so I can feed on their fear. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, exactly. Fucking elves. Look, we're elves, so we don't eat meat. Can we at least add some terror to our food <laughs> yes, somehow? That's right. That's right. We need to have that like slaughterhouse feel while staying well, vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. 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 The thalds wound up spreading faster than the elves could kill them, and eventually overran their creators. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Karma. That's a bitch. I don't know if Thalid decks ever became powerful. No, my deck but they've always been is not fun. powerful at all. But it's fun. Yeah. I like that I have a fungus deck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's got fun right in the title. It does. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad Feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back 
when the week is new and we'll have more gross facts for you and you'll have things you want to hear about we will too Caustic Soda is recorded by Mike Leeson whilst eating his chicken, ta-ta. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes, visit us on Facebook, or tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. You can email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Artist J. Rim Lee demonstrated a very... I'm not saying very unique, Tarn. (laughs) Don't do it then. It's entirely up to you. Very unique. <laughs> it's the most unique of the uniques. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just one of a kind. It's very one of a kind. All right. Got it. Uh-huh.